This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. I'm Rico Beard, and uh, this is going to be a little bit of a mixture of football and basketball. First of all, start with the big two. Michigan and Ohio State, two teams making news right now. Michigan, you know, they fresh off the national title. Don't know who the next coach is going to be. Now, here's the thing. Jim Harbaugh has been interviewing. He's interviewed with the L.A. Chargers, and reports have it that he's also interviewed with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, he also has a contract, allegedly, that's been sitting on his desk for, I think the number is about 10 years, 125. Dan Wessel then comes out with some information earlier this week saying that Harbaugh let's face it, says he wants immunity. He wants immunity from anything impending with this NCAA investigation. He can't be fired. He can't be suspended ever again. Does not sound like the words of an innocent man, but I digress. It leads you to wonder what's going on. Also, J.J. McCarthy decided he wanted to leave the day after the parade and the ceremony the, the football team had. All things lining up looks as if Jim is walking away, right? Well, Hold on, because he may come back. If you watch the Vegas odds, Vegas doesn't know. No one knows. I don't even think Jim knows. I think he wakes up some morning and he feels like he's going to the NFL, and then other mornings he feels like he wants to come back to Michigan. For Michigan, you're not really in a holding pattern because you already have your next coach in line in Sharon Moore. He will take over, even if it's temporary. You don't have to blow things up. You don't have to learn a new offense. You don't have to do anything but just continue the role that you're on. It's plain and simple. But what's he going to do? Now, it, it takes Jerome more out of the coaching search because he can't really go anyplace else because I think he knows I'm kind of the backup plan right now. I'm the backup QB, the backup coach. So if coach goes down again, if he gets hit, because I do, if, if Harbaugh sticks around, I got to think that more suspensions are coming, which is why he wants – the no, the university won't do it, but you can't really do that. That's, I think, going to happen, which is why he wants that clause in his contract. What's he going to do? I don't know. But for Michigan, it's going to be uh, another wait and see. Now, he said two years ago, this is not going to be an every year type of thing, except it was last year and this year. And if he comes back to Michigan, probably next year as well. Buckle up, Michigan. I don't really think most of you care. You got your title. You're wearing your hats and your T-shirts and your sweatshirts and your hoodies, and that's all that really matters. You don't care about any of this other stuff. He comes back, great. If he doesn't, you got the memories, and he'll be the greatest coach that you ever remember. 
But we got to sit. We got to wait. We got to see what happens. Now we move to Ohio State. No, at Ohio State, tired of losing to Michigan, and the Brian Hartline experience at OC did not work. Not scoring enough points, not developing QBs. It appears that Ryan Day and Ohio State has reached out to Bill O'Brien, former Penn State coach, uh, former coach of the Houston Texans in the NFL. He's been the OC around different places. He was at Alabama for a little bit. Remember, he was the uh, one who said, told uh, Jalen, the Alabama quarterback, that he should probably change positions. So, yeah, Jalen Milrow, not a big fan of Bill O'Brien. But Bill O'Brien, it looks like it's going to be headed to Ohio State. What does that mean for all the Buckeyes? Well, I think it means that Hardline should probably start looking for someplace else to go because you're prob- you're going to get demoted back to wide receivers coach. For Ohio State, you're hoping that O'Brien can jumpstart this offense to make it a deadly offense. Last year, that offense just never clicked. I don't know if it was the OC fault. I don't know if it was uh, McCord's fault. It just – they had all the pieces in place. I'll never feel sorry for Ohio State because Ohio State is filled with top-tier talent. They just couldn't get it to work, and they couldn't get it to work in the games that they really needed to work, and that was that Michigan game. That Your whole season came, kind of boiled down to that game. You did not get it done. So with Ohio State, they're moving on to Bill O'Brien. We'll see what happens. They still got a ton of people. They got talent now. Will they take over? I don't know. On paper, looks like they probably should. But I thought so last year on paper that they probably should. So we'll see what happens when it comes to the Buckeyes. Now transition over to basketball. Uh, Two local teams, Michigan State, they are fresh off of a victory. Thanks to Tyson Walker basically going on his own little mini run against Minnesota on Thursday night. Tyson, as the team goes, as Tyson Walker goes, I should say, the team goes. Tyson is the straw that stirs the drink. Now, the thing is, it's funny, because somebody asked me after the game, like, well, why, why why, does it take so long for Tyson to get going? Because Tyson's not the type that just comes out angry. Now, when he does, if you get under his skin, if you piss this man off, he'll come out there and he'll torture you. Go see the Baylor game where he just jump-started the game, scoring 20 points, and before you know it, Baylor was down and they never had a chance. A lot of times in the game, if you're close enough to the court, somebody on the opposing team will say something, get under Tyson's skin, and that's when the fire gets lit under Tyson Walker. And at that point, he just clears out his teammates, and he's just driving to the basket, and you can't stop him, whether it's threes, whether it's driving layups. You can't stop him. That's Tyson Walker. So, yeah, when you see that he's down, he's like, wow, why ain't Tyson scoring? Somebody's pissed him off yet. Now, it's sad that, that it takes that to get that going, but that's just what I've noticed sitting down on the court. Tyson, when he starts chirping with another player, oh, my God, that's when he becomes that dude. But until then, he's just trying to help out his teammates. A lot. It's a characteristic characteristic that I saw in, in Mateen. Mateen was a guy that, you know, for the first probably 30 – 35, 32 to 35 minutes of a game, he was trying to get his teammates involved. That's why he's the all-time assist leader at MSU, or at least he was until Cassius took it over, which leads me into Cassius. Cassius was the same thing. Cassius would try to get everybody else involved, and then he would take over. Tyson's the same way. Where Tyson wants to see his teammates get involved, Tyson wants to see 
you know, everybody else go off. So when he sees a, a Malik Hall getting a double-double, that's good for him. Now, in the end of the game, kind of like routine and kind of like um, Cassius, that's Tyson time. And, you know, lately it's been working, but you can't always rely on jump-starting it that late. It was not working. It's why they ended up losing to Illinois because he wasn't that guy. He missed a lot of shots. So MSU on a path right now, I think that – there are only two games they won't be favored to win. Analytically speaking, they should turn it around. Now we have to wait and see, but those two games are on the road at Wisconsin and they're also at Purdue, which let's face it, they haven't won at Purdue since Keith Appling was not in jail, just to put things in perspective. So, uh, but that's MSU. Also, I mentioned Malik Hall had a big night. Malik Hall is another guy that from Michigan State. When you get good Malik, I and mean, good, you can then you get bad Malik. Bad Malik normally means MSU is just not going to win that game. But good Malik, when Malik gets into the ball in the game early, it normally means good things for the Spartans. So you got to hope that they're going on the road at Maryland, which I think is a key game. This this five game stretch they're in for them, I think the minimum they can come out of is four and one. They've already won two games. They have a set. They got Maryland on the road. And then they go on the road to Wisconsin. I don't expect them to win the game at Wisconsin, but they beat Penn State. They uh, beat Minnesota. Now you got the, like I said, you got to beat Maryland. Then you go on the road at Wisconsin, and then you get Michigan back at home. Now that leads into my next thing. Michigan, if you go 4-1, and one, I think Izzo's back on pace. I think, the, forget about the preseason hype that this team had. Okay, they're never going to be that team, but this team to me is a seven to ten seed in the NCAA tournament, depending on how they finish. They get, if they finish strong, they're a seven seed. If they limp to the finish line, they're probably going to be a ten seed. But they're somewhere in that range. Once you accept that they're in that range, I think you can accept this team. You, you see what's going to happen. You got can only hope that guys like you know Xavier Booker gets really incorporated back into this lineup and and. You know, you, you will have to wait and see. But right now, but let's, that leads over to Michigan. Doug McDaniel will not be with Michigan when they come to East Lansing because he's suspended for, get this, only away games. Juwan Howard has done something that nobody else has really not done, and he's proven that you can be a little bit wet, you can be half pregnant. He's half suspended. He's only suspended for away games. He's there for the home games. We really haven't gotten a thorough definition, but normally if a player is suspended, they're suspended, but not Doug McDaniel. He's only suspended for the away games, which means he won't be in East Lansing, which means that you're looking at Michigan's uh, George Washington as maybe as the backup point guard to try to fill in for him. And, I don't know if that's going to be a good thing. Look, Michigan State made Minnesota turn the ball over 19 times without their point guard at the Breslin Center. I expect them to do the same when they have to play Michigan. For Michigan, I don't know what you're going to do. Um, there's a lot going on. I don't think Jawan Howard is going to be coaching this team too much longer. Sad reality is you already have your coach, kind of like the football team. Your coach is already sitting there on the bench, but you haven't turned to him and given him the Phil Martelli should be the full-time coach, not the part-time coach. He should be the guy running this team. This team plays better under Phil Martelli. I don't know what's going on there. I think the fans in Michigan are starting to turn on Juwan and, and we'll see how this thing ends up working out for him. 
But I don't think, unless they make some miracle run, I think this is probably the last go-round for Juwan Howard at Michigan. So that's it. That's your Big Ten news for the week. Um, I'll be back next week when there's more things to go on. We'll have more of a basketball-centric podcast for the uh, remainder of the week. Oh, by the way, if you're a Michigan State football fan, you should probably feel excited Got a chance to see Aiden uh, Childs up close and in person. Nothing like the quarterbacks you had last year. Probably nothing like the quarterbacks that you've seen size-wise since maybe Connor Cook. Like this kid, I'm anxious to see what happens on the field. I am. Jonathan Smith had the press conference. He introduced all the transfers that are coming there. He says he's going to probably have a spring game sometime in March. I would disagree. Jonathan, if it was me, if you were asking me, I would say have it in April or even May when it's warmer outside, but I'm not running the team. But I am anxious to see how Aiden Childs leads this team because he's probably going to be that first real dual-threat quarterback that MSU has had since Drew Stanton. Yeah, going that far back. Got to, He's improved the offensive line. He's improved the defensive line. And, yeah, I'm looking at him, and he looks like he is a legit – Six three, maybe even six four. Like this kid, looks like he's going to be the real deal. So we got to see what he does on the field. But at least for now, he looks the part. All right. Until next time, we see each other. Make sure you keep liking, subscribing, and watching. Tell your friends. Thank you for watching the Five Star Zone. I'm your host, Rico Beard.